It's the JT the Brick Show. Open Adams at the 35, racing to the 20, 10, touchdown Raiders! Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Gets the snap, Raiders bring a blitz, he takes him off the middle, and he's wrapped up from behind. Guess who? Max Crosby! Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Spinning around, he throws it to Chandler Jones in midfield! And a step forward! Chandler Jones racing towards the end zone! It scores! Oh my goodness! And now, here's JT the Brick. Welcome back everybody, JT in the Vegas studios, the Lotus Broadcasting today. We are brought to you by the Black Hole Fan Club. They've been the foundation of the nation with over 40 chapters worldwide. If you bleed silver and black and want to connect with other diehard fans, then visit theblackhole.com. Become an official member of football's most notorious fans. You'll get a Black Hole members-only shirt, 20% off all merchandise, and much more. Plus, you'll get all the exclusive access to member-only events and tickets. Become an official member of the Black Hole today. Visit theblackhole.com. Dot com as we open up this hour. Harry Ruiz joining us in a moment. Mark Anderson, who covers the Raiders for the AP. Two of our insiders as we wait for more news on the Raiders after the signing of Josh Jacobs, which is a really big deal. So today we decided to come in here and welcome Josh Jacobs back. Not that I thought he was going anywhere, but the fact that Josh Jacobs is here on a deal that could bring up to $12 million, I think that's something important to do. I think we should take advantage of that today. Uh, some of the players that the Raiders waived, Isaac Dargangelo, Isaiah Ike-Brown, Doug Costin, Bryce Cosby, Chase Garbers, Vitaly Gurman, Darwin Thompson, the running back out of Utah State. Not a bad player. Uh, they waived Chris Lacey, the wide receiver from Oklahoma State. And the following players are on the reserved injured list, Britton Brown, Jacob Hollister, and Isaiah Zuber. They are all done, done for the year on the reserved injured list. So the Raiders are about 80 players, and they have to make some tough decisions as they take it down from 90 to 80 to 53 tomorrow by that deadline. Well, there are some players here that should be concerned. Yeah, there's a bunch of players that should be concerned. bunch of players that better be concerned because they're on the bubble. And we'll get to the bubble more tomorrow and when some of those other names are released. As we bring in Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the silver and black, and Harry, with the preseason over, you went to a lot of practices, provided a lot of content. Should we all be on the edge of our seat with these final players who are going to make the roster or not? I honestly think there are tough decisions to make in the defensive line unit and in the wide receiver core. There are some guys that flash during the preseason that uh, if they don't stay with the Raiders, I have a feeling they will get picked up pretty quick with other squads, but that just shows you the depth that this team has at the moment and that that's something that the front office and coaching staff wanted to do once they took over with the Raiders. And last year, for one reason or another, that wasn't exactly the case. But this year, we've seen a change, and that's something that I like because you saw competition within the team. You saw competition when they had those joint practices with the Niners and the Rams. You saw competition in the games, and that's what you want to see, a team that is always putting all the effort on the field. Yeah, we saw a lot of that effort, Harry. The last preseason game, I don't know how you saw it. Will Greer was the story. He was being showcased for a future job. The Cowboys did him right. I mean, they did him kind of dirty on the Trey Lance deal, but Jerry Jones wanted to make the deal, so they let him have a big game where he threw it a lot, ran for touchdowns, and nothing to be concerned about there because the Raiders had the threes and fours in. 
But the Raiders didn't play Will Greer great. They didn't play him with the energy that I saw in the first two games. Yeah, and you also have to see that the depth that the team displayed in the first two games with even Jacorian Bennett. He didn't play in the last two preseason games. That shows you how uh, how high they think about him. So yeah. that's something that you got to keep keep an eye on. And I loved it that we were able to see the the rookies. And uh, yes, unfortunately, Greer had a fantastic game. That meant that the later the Raiders ended up taking the loss. But I would always say, JT. In the preseason, the least important thing is the final score, the results. Mm. And I think that we had already seen good performances in the previous two games that had us talking about players and positions and everything. And the third preseason game, heck, you go back two years ago, JT. Remember when the Raiders played the Niners in Santa Clara? And they traveled with a very, very uh, small roster. This game, everybody went. You saw all the stars there but they didn't play as many players that will be in the 53-man roster because you don't want to risk an injury two weeks before the regular season starts. So, yeah, Greer, good luck. I hope he gets his spot with another squad. But on on our squad, I like what I saw on the field during the preseason and training camp. Harry Ruiz, who's been jumping in a lot to host my show as I've been traveling with the Raiders, really appreciate his great work. Another big storyline in that Dallas game was the debut of Tyree Wilson. Had a big bull rush where he almost threw a tackle into the quarterback there. It didn't get a sack on the play, but it's it went viral all over social media. I thought it was very important that he got out there and played, showed a burst. Doesn't look like he's ready to come into the league and dominate early, and that wasn't expected. But I, but I thought the Raiders brought him along nicely, considering they drafted him with an injury recovery, and they got that injury to a point now where he's healthy and he can go. Absolutely, and you look the way that the Raiders have managed the situation with Jimmy G, the way that the situation one way or another happened with Josh Jacobs, with Tyree Wilson, everything is going towards having the full squad ready for week one. Did he look like he is set to be a defender that's out there for 80% of the snaps? No, but just seeing Tyree Wilson on a field playing against another team, getting physical JT, that's a big motivation for the squad that they're doing things right. And heck, look at it this way. Maybe all the technical and tactical work isn't there yet because he had 10 days between his first practice in the NFL and his first game. But if this is just everything, everything he did on Saturday was with his physical attributes, with his God-given talent, can you imagine once the coaches get all the work in with him and all the mm-hmm. steps forwards that he's going to take, then it's when it's going to get even better for the silver and black. Harry Ruiz is our guest. You know, you mentioned Jacorian Bennett. With the injury to face on, not seeing much of him, Tyler Hall, Ike Brown gone, Amik Robertson is a name on the bubble, David Long Jr., Sam Webb, Azizi Hearn, who I don't think will make the team, Duke Shelley, and then Bryce Cosby, who's gone. They brought in a lot of depth at the cornerback position, but I think we're having a vastly different conversation, Harry, if they didn't bring in Marcus Peters. If they didn't have Marcus Peters, and then I just mentioned Jacorian Bennett and some of these other guys, I'm really concerned, but the fact that Peters was brought in to solidify one of the cornerback positions now makes it intriguing on how many reps Chikorian Bennett's going to get and then who's going to get in line and be the first two backups at the corner position. Yeah, that's a game changer. Having a veteran with all the experience in the world like uh, Marcus Peters is, and then you add the him being a Raider, that even motivates the fans a little bit more. But you look over at what Peters brings to the table. You look over at 
uh, if you put Nate Hobbs back in the slot position, where is where he shined during his rookie season, not as much on the outside during his sophomore year in the pros, you look at that and you're like, okay, you have those two in positions that they they're fit well, leave them there. And if you end up starting Jacorian on the opposite side of uh, Marcus Peters, that might be a big target for him, but there's only one way that you grow, and that's experience. That's being out there on the field. That's being out there against the best. Tyler Hall last year, he looked great when he was out there on the field coming off the practice squad. You look over at Sam Webb. Duke Shelley, heck, he had a couple of good good games and plays out there for the Raiders in the preseasons. That's what I want to see, JT. Tough decisions being made in the final day to see who ends up staying on the roster instead of being like, okay, we got four roster spots open and we don't know who we want to keep. Harry Ruiz, as we wrap it up, you had some, I thought you had some really good access in the past to Josh Jacobs and you videoed him and talked to him in the past when the Raiders put out the press release when he signed. Right in the press release, they mentioned the first paragraph Marcus Allen, Clem Daniels, along with Josh, are only three players, the only three players in franchise history to win a league rushing title. Everything was smooth. Nice restaurant, nice dinner with Dave Ziegler, the agent and the player. No drama at all. He got a lot of time off. He didn't have to show up for the dog days of training camp. And now plenty of time for him to get in football shape for Denver. Of course. And one of the names that you mentioned there, JT, Marcus Allen, I spoke with him at Fred Beletnikov's Scrap Fest last year, and he told me that Josh Jacobs was the heart and soul of the Raiders. And now the Raiders recovered that heart and soul. And you see Josh Jacobs with a huge smile on his face. And he's the type of guy that he's getting ready all the time. He's not the type of guy that's just going to lay in his bed and wait for the call to come through. No, he's getting ready. And you saw those videos and you saw those photos of him. He looks in shape. Now he just has to get that chemistry in with his new quarterback. He needs to get that feel once again to being hit by other big fellas out there on the field. And you know what? He has six practices. I think he'll be ready for uh, September 10th. I don't know if we can say pitch count, but I don't think we'll see him running the ball 35 times. Uh, 20, I I think that's a good number. I'm interested in that, too. I don't know how many yards he's going to get this year. I don't care. I don't care how many carries he gets. I don't care. I count on wins. And I think this year it's going to be a different Josh Jacobs. Not that he, he, he ran hard on every play, put the Raiders in position to win the games that they did. But now uh, they got to keep him fresh. They have Zeus, who's going to need to touch the ball. Jimmy G is going to be really good on the short passing game where Josh Jacobs did not have one receiving touchdown last year. I'm hoping that changes with the double team that Devontae is going to get and the fact that safeties are going to have to probably cover Michael Mayer in the red zone. And then you got Jacoby and Hunter, who are great both down in the red zone. This could be the year where Josh catches a lot of swing passes from Jimmy G, and maybe it goes from zero to four or five touchdowns in the air. I'm optimistic to see him be productive in the red zone with Jimmy Garoppolo. You're getting me hyped, JT, just listening to somebody else talk about the weapons that the Raiders have on offense. I'm like, hey, can it be September 10th already? I know we're less than two weeks away, and I'm so excited about this. And heck, Daniel Carlson, my man, special shout-out to him, to his brother Anders, and on the same day, they hit field goals of more than 57 yards. That's crazy. Week five, it's going to be interesting having both of them on the same field. All right, Harry, what do you got lined up here? Do you got a little break? Is there a soccer assignment? The Raiders, what you're doing? Because you got a little time before that Denver game right around the corner. What's the next two weeks look like? 
Hey, coverage doesn't stop at Raiders.com slash Espanol. So I'll be out there at headquarters during the practices that the team have the next couple of days. I got a soccer game on Wednesday, a soccer game on Saturday. So I'm staying busy, JT, but that's the way we want it. And then once September 10th hits, woo-wee, that's going to be it, man. We'll have a nice cold Modelo to celebrate the offseason and everything you do. Thank you, Harry. Talk to you, buddy. Appreciate you, too. I appreciate you, Bobby. Have a nice week, guys. Thank you. Harry Ruiz. We have him on Mondays. And we'll switch him off with Mark Anderson and part of our insider network that we built with those two guys last year. And they're going to be there. Harry's at everything. Not just like Q. It's coming up next. They're at everything. Our show's on. Look at your watch at this time. We miss some practices. We miss a lot of mandatory, well, not mandatory for the media, but where media sits in front of the coaches. But that's going to pick up here coming around the corner as I'll sit down with Josh McDaniels every Thursday. And we'll do that for television on the Silver and Black Show. And that starts sooner than later. we got Labor Day right around the corner here. A lot of news on Aaron Rodgers and what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. He got a significant time against the Giants. And several players who are on the trade block. It looks like the Arizona Cardinals have some big decisions to make here. Are they tanking? They have a pretty good quarterback in Kyler Murray. He was taken number one overall recently. But they might want to get out of him and go to Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback. So the Arizona Cardinals are getting a little bit more clarity. Kyler Murray won't be activated off the physically unable to perform list before Tuesday's 4 p.m. deadline. Adam Schefter was reporting that means Murray will miss at least the first four games of the regular season. Once he's activated, he'll have 21 days to practice and then be put on the 53-man roster. Otherwise, he'll have to spend the entire season and not play on the pup list. So we're going to see what happens here. This is a really big deal because they also released quarterback Colt McCoy on Monday, a day before teams are required to narrow down their roster to 53. That move comes four days after trading for quarterback Joshua Dobbs. McCoy, 36 years old, who signed with the Cardinals in 2021, was the first-team quarterback all spring. They are a mess right now, the Arizona Cardinals. Why couldn't we get the Cardinals on the schedule this year? Remember, we had them on the schedule last year for the Raiders' home opener. Uh, Hunter got concussed. The ball came out. Isaiah Simmons dislodged the ball, and the Raiders lost in overtime at home in a game that they should have won. So the Raiders got off to a slow start last year, uh, losing their home opener and then having to go to Tennessee, which was a loss. Last year they went undefeated in the preseason and got out of the gate very slowly in do-or-die games that came right down to the wire. Well, it feels like a do-or-die game in Denver. That Denver game feels big. Because I think the Raiders are supposed to win that game. And we'll look at the moving lines coming up with Jeff Sherman, who will join us on every Tuesday during NFL season. But that's a big one. So Kyler Murray will begin the regular season on the pup list. And there's some trades that are going down, some smaller trades, and some players being waived here. And when we come back, more on what the Niners did with Trey Lance. And why did the Cowboys do that to Dak Prescott? Is it good for the Cowboys, who I think are a Super Bowl contender, to go out there and go get another quarterback to get in Dak's head. And Jerry Jones also claimed that the Cowboys would have drafted Jalen Hurts if he had fallen to him. This is not the stuff that you want Dak Prescott to hear. Dak Prescott's our only chance. And there's a couple of curveballs being thrown in his direction there. Rams also weigh 14 players today. So I got a lot to do. And the Steelers, who the Raiders play in our home opener in Vegas, they made 10 cuts a little over an hour or so ago, so I'll get you some of them as we continue on. The show is brought to you by all of our proud partners, but the DeCastaverde Law Group, want to bring them up 
They're two of the great attorneys in town, Orlando and Alex DeCastaverde. Very humble men. They're not flexing. They're not talking down about other people. They want to make sure you have the best experience possible with their entire law group. The DeCastaverde Law Group, thrilled to be the law group that was nominated again for Best of Las Vegas. I just think you're, you know, um, the, the practice squad really is an extension of the roster to us, you know, because um, based on the rules, the way that they are now, you know, and the ability to elevate players, you know, um, you know, at, at, a, at a given time based on, you know, how many times you've done it, so on and so forth, um, you know, the practice squad can absolutely be an extension of your roster, which is the way we used it last year. And there was a number of guys that were on the practice squad that came up and played very meaningful snaps for us. So, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, uh, we, we'd love for our practice squad to be filled with guys that are um, that we feel like have the traits and the skills um, that we think eventually will lead them to the roster, whether that be through injury or just development. And so, um, you know, there's a, we have a lot of guys that, that could fit into that category. There's no question about it. So um, the tougher the decisions, the better your football team. Um, I'm hoping the decisions are tougher. Well, they're going to be tough decisions. Turn up the Tom Petty. I saw a band in Grapevine, Texas, when I was there with the Raiders on this last trip. Petty Theft. They were a Tom Petty cover band, the best I've ever seen. And the lead singer is one of the most successful sports talk hosts in the history of Dallas. We knew each other, making some good eye contact as he was playing. Turn it up, Tom Petty. Incredible cover band, Petty Theft. Go find them on YouTube. This is obviously Tom Petty. So with the game, we had... A- Got picked up from my buddy Johnny Mack, a good friend of mine. I go, I want to see some live music. I'm in Texas, please. And he goes, great. Let's drive about 20 minutes to Grapevine, and we'll take you to Petty Theft. And saw a phenomenal band. So good. So one of the short stories I wanted to uh, share about being in Dallas. Had a good time there as we bring in Mark Anderson, who covers the Raiders for the AP, one of our insiders here. And, Mark, let's start with the obvious with Josh Jacobs. I never sweated it out. I think this was the right time, as we talked to you last, getting him in here with plenty of times, almost two weeks, to get ready for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to be fine. Um, you know, he kept in great shape while he was away. And, you know, I, I, think, I think it was Devontae Adams, if I remember correctly, made the point. It's like, you know, that you don't – practices just aren't that physical anymore. He's, he, you know, he probably didn't really miss a lot. Yeah. It's more timing with the the teammates and stuff, and uh, he'll get that down. I think he'll be fine. Uh, I agree. I, I I thought it was just a matter of time, um, and I really thought with a cut-down day tomorrow, I really thought they would get it done by tomorrow. So the fact that it happened Saturday was no surprise to me at all. Yeah, no surprise to me either, and I'm just happy for him. But I think it's important to understand what football game shape is with the running, the cardio, the gym work, and what he was doing on his own. And I don't know what he was doing on his own, but he's a real pro. And I'm sure he realized what that date looked like and was ramping up to meet expectations with the team. Now what do you think the team has to do with these practices? Because as you said, they're not practicing joint practices. They're not preparing for a preseason game. This is all in-house stuff to get him ready for Denver. Yeah, no, I think... 
uh, it, uh, you know, he, he probably might have a little rust early yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that'd be a shock. Um, but I think, you know, if you're talking big picture, how the season goes, I think he'll be, he'll be just fine. Um, but yeah, I could see the first game or two, mm-hmm. you know, it might take him a little bit of time. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to take that long from really get back into it. Yeah. Mark Anderson's our guest. You know, you say a couple of games and these first couple of games are really leaning on me heavy. Because at Buffalo for the Bills' home opener, that's not a weather game. So that's not a have-to-run-it-because-it's-snowing-it's-cold. You can't throw the ball into the wind. I don't know what the wind will be like, but I'm assuming the weather's going to be tropical in Buffalo. And that's a game where the Raiders are going to have to keep up with Buffalo. Buffalo's going to score. They're going to score a lot. And the Raiders will either have to abandon the run to go to the passing game, or the Raiders could get off to a good start, put pressure on Buffalo, and then Josh could run the ball and take the air out of the ball, which would keep Josh Allen on the sideline. I think his importance is huge these first two games. No, it is. It is. Um, in, you know, in Denver, um, the same thing, yeah. you know, if, if you could, if they could go up there and get an early lead and, and they've had the Broncos numbers re, number recently, if they can go up there and get an early lead, um, the Broncos have a lot of questions up there and maybe, you know, you know, I, I will have to see if Russell Wilson is, is Russell Wilson two or three years ago, if he's Russell Wilson last year. And then if, if the Broncos get down early, that's going to put a lot of pressure on them. And, and then if the, um, and then, yeah, Josh Jacobs could be huge as far as maintaining the lead. So, yeah, I, I think um, I, I think that's going to be kind of the game plan all season in a lot of ways. Is uh, you know if you could if you could get that lead, then you could really rely on him much like yeah. you did last season. That's a great point, Mark Anderson. I think the Raiders are going to have to hold on some leads, play with some leads, but they can't be as predictable as they were last year, where they were going three and out. Didn't seem like the coach had all that much confidence in Derek Carr with the entire playbook. And the playbook now should be wide open for Jimmy Garoppolo. Let me ask you your your feeling about trying to project this 53-man roster. I don't go that big on that. I'll, I'll wait for tomorrow and read the list when it comes out. But it's kind of fun as a journalist and all the practices you've been to. You know those position battles. Is there one or a position group that you're watching more than others? Well, I wasn't really watching quarterback. I just kind of assumed they go with three. Uh, now I'm kind of wondering if mm. they'll go for two. Uh, yeah. You know, McConnell's done a, had a terrific preseason. Mm. Does that tell uh, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, you know what, we can put Brian Hoyer in waivers and there's a good chance we'll sign another practice squad. I could see that happening. Uh, I don't know that it's going mm. to happen, but I could see it happening. I think Meek Robertson's a very interesting pr- uh, player. Mm. I think he's done a lot of good things. Um, uh, I, I, mm. he, showed, he showed up on, you know, around the ball a lot. Uh, had, had a couple of picks he really should have caught, but he didn't. Mm. Um, I think he's someone who's really interesting to watch. Is, is he going to make make the fifty three? Isaiah Palomao is another one. I thought he had a really good preseason. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, I like him too, and I think they probably should keep him. But they got numbers. It could be a numbers mm. game. So. Those, those are the kind of the areas I'm watching. Yeah, Mark Anderson, as we wrap it up, I'm watching defensive tackle because I like to see Nestor Jade Silvera. Yes. Uh, Byron Young was drafted, so I'm assuming he's safe. But Matthew Butler, when we look at the play of some of those guys up front on the defensive line, I wasn't blown away by a lot of them. And they got a lot of guys that haven't popped. Neil Farrell Jr., uh, Isaac Rochelle was one of the guys who I called his name a bunch. Malcolm Kuntz. I think is safe. Malcolm Kuntz, because he can do a bunch of things. He can come off the edge. 
and do things, but he's going to be close. I mean, if, if he's, he shouldn't be a lock because he's not a lock-type player. There's, there's going to be one or two guys, Mark, that aren't going to be here. And how about the wide receiver position? If you had to choose between Philip Dorsett or Cam Sims, you got a speed burner, smaller guy in Dorsett, and a big guy in the red zone in Cam Sims. Who do you like more? I probably like Dorsett a little bit more. Okay. He just seems like he's been no, more noticeable to me in, in mm-hmm. the, the practices I've gone to where I've uh, he it just seemed like I've looked up a number of times, seen him make plays, and I can't really necessarily say the same for Sims. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's not really that's not really uh, breaking it down. I mean, I'm not going play by play, but that's just that's just the thing sure. that I got from watching practices. And and you know, when they when McDaniel's breaks down the film, he might see something completely different. But that's if if you know that would be my guess. So yeah, and the other thing there, Mark, as we wrap it up, the receivers or locks or Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro. Those are the three. And then Trey Tucker, who was drafted, he's going nowhere. So that's the fourth. If right. you're going to carry six, DeAndre Carter, because he ta- he's able to take the ball back and punt returns and what he does, Dorsett. Keelan Cole was a guy that I liked a lot because he made a couple of big catches. Wilkerson's a big guy. They let him go with Lacey. Zuber's gone. But Cam Sims, Dorsett, Carter, Tucker – there's going to be a good receiver that goes to that practice squad, or I'll go as far as to say a good receiver that's going to get picked up by another team and not be a practice squad hidden player for the Raiders. No, well, that's the danger you put someone yeah. in waivers if you really like them. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, that's I, 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 you know, Wilkerson just uh, I really like the way he played Saturday. Yeah, so, so did I. You know, you know, it just did he did he do enough to earn himself in that that final cut? I don't know that. To me, the receivers, to me, I think is the toughest position because that's where you have the, the greatest depth. Mark Anderson's on Monday. Uh, we're excited to talk to him. We'll start our coverage on Tuesday, have him the Monday after the Denver game leading into Buffalo as he's one of our insiders here, and we cover all of his work and greatly appreciate him. Thank you a lot. Thanks a lot, Mark. Appreciate you. Thanks for me on, JT. Take care of yourself. You got it, Mark Anderson. Good work from the AP. A lot of good work. Practice guy. So why do we have the practice guys on? Because they go to practice. They're there. I can't be there. All the time, these guys are, and we put them on the radio. Mark Anderson from the AP. For the Raiders, they got decisions to make. They waved Dark Angelo. I know people will love that name. Isaiah Brown, Doug Costin, Bryce Cosby, Chase Garbers, Vitaly German, Vitaly German, decent guard, can move around. Another guy who was valuable there but not valuable enough to make the team. Darwin Thompson at running back, who showed a little bit of pop. Chris Lacey, uh, Britton Brown, Jacob Hollister, and Isaiah Zuber on injured reserve. They are gone. So my head's on a swivel as we're looking at all these players here and some of the players that are going to fit or not. We'll have some of the Josh Jacobs sound still. Not Josh Jacobs, Josh McDaniel sound as he met the media after the game there. Uh, One more story about Dallas. So I saw some good live music. We're in the Las Colinas Hotel where they had a lot of Super Bowls, Super Bowl parties at that I've been to in the past, and the Byron Nelson Classic used to be there. They were going to stay in that region, the Cowboys. And it was the same thing with Mark Davis and every other owner. They're looking for a fair deal to build the stadium. And Mark's got an unbelievable deal here with this $750 million hotel tax. We're a hotel city. Real easy to do that. No one feels bad at the bottom, 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 bottom of their bill when they check out. No one sees... That little money going on to help pay for this stadium, which is 
beautifully financed here in Vegas. Beautifully financed here in Vegas. Even the critics, the wackos who say, you know, you build the stadium, it'll put your city out of business. It'll kill the roads and the hospitals and the schools, and no kid will ever be able to read again. This is a beautiful stadium built properly. Hotel hotel taxed. It's fine here. In Dallas, Jerry basically asked that area that our hotel was in, look, we want about $500 million and we're going to stay here. And they were like, no. I was talking to people about that. The mayor at the time was like, no. Jerry's like, okay. He calls Arlington. Arlington picks up. Whatever you need, Jerry. He moves the Cowboys to Arlington, builds the stadium. That's where the baseball stadium Globe Life is. And even in that footprint where the stadiums are, it's the old Texas Rangers stadium that looks brand new. So my point is they moved out of an area of Dallas that is now dead. Nobody's there. And it's a really nice place. The Byron Nelson Golf Classic on the PGA moved out of there. Jerry moved out of there. So I was driving with my buddy Johnny Mack, and he goes, yeah, JT, you were here six years ago, and we were here for the Super Bowl. He goes, remember when you went to that restaurant? I go, yeah, I remember that. He goes, boarded up. I go, why? Because Jerry left. Jerry went to where they wanted him. And now Jerry's the big, you know, Tom Brady's kissing the ring. Everybody's talking to Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones and his relationship with Al Davis. Al Davis helped Jerry. Jerry cooperates with Mark. Jerry has legends for the suites. Jerry has the biggest income in the NFL for local game day in the preseason. Jerry is a god in the NFL when it comes to making decisions. So when I'm in that building... You know, we're in that building for the game. It's a little bit older. Looks brand new. The sponsorships, I asked Lincoln during the broadcast. I go, Lincoln, what do you think of this place? What's the first thing that jumps out at you? And he says, the advertising. Remember, Bobby, you were covering the game. Lincoln says, everything in the building has a name on it. Dr. Pepper, Pepsi. Every lounge has a name on it, and Jerry's just printing cash. It's a great brand, an historic brand, They've been on a drought, man. They haven't won in a long time. The Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, like the Raiders, their own locker room, they're out there every time out. Iconic brand like the Raiderettes. There's a lot of similarities between the Raiders and the Cowboys due to the Jones family and the Davis family. And to see both Mark Davis and Jerry Jones on the sideline with Steven, Steven's going to own the Cowboys when Jerry's no longer with us. So Steven Jones is a big player in this too. And they were all there with Tom Brady. And Tom Brady was there with the Raiders. And for anybody who doesn't think that's a big deal, you don't know football. Anybody who can be associated with Tom Brady, if you would have saw him in Dallas the way I did, going from sideline to sideline, every player, two owners, everybody talking to Tom Brady, he's a difference maker. And if the Raiders can surround themselves with Tom Brady – At any level of a business partnership with the Aces, the Raiders, I'm not privy to the deal. I don't know what the deal looks like with Brady and when it becomes official. But it wasn't shocking that Tom Brady was there with Mark Davis and Sandra Douglas Morgan and the Las Vegas Raiders. We love Oakland. We love L.A. This is Las Vegas. The level of entertainment pops. One last one, Bobby. I got into the elevator. Uh, to go down on the field, and there was a whole bunch of young ladies who work at the stadium, and they looked at me and said, the Raiders, did you move to Vegas? I said, yes, ladies, we're in Vegas now, and they all started giggling. There was, Vegas? What's Las Vegas like? 
I said, Las Vegas is pretty cool. Come on out. Come on out. It's fun. I actually think the Dallas Cowboys can be in Vegas at the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm this close. You can't see my fingers. I'm this close to picking the Cowboys as one of my Super Bowl picks. You got two teams to pick. Uh, last two years, I picked the Buffalo Bills. I will not do that again. And they're playing the Raiders this year. But Dallas, Dallas can beat the Niners because the Niners have Brock Purdy. He's a question mark. And the, uh, and the Cowboys can beat the Eagles because it's a rival, and the Eagles lost a lot of good players. Brought in a lot of young players on defense, but they lost some players in that secondary, including Marcus Epps. So for me, my choices are coming down. In the NFC, I have to choose between, this is my Super Bowl pick, I have to choose between the Niners, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. Those are my three, and they deserve to be there. For those who say New Orleans, no, I think Derek can win the division. I don't think they're a Super Bowl team, but they can win the division. So that's my NFC picks. My picks for the AFC to win the Super Bowl are the same three teams. Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati. Cincinnati, who's been going to the AFC championship game, I think they're beatable. Kansas City, out of respect to Kansas City being elite. And no doubt about it, when we look at the rest of the AFC, Buffalo still has arguably the best roster there. Now, the Chargers... This is going to drive some people crazy. This year, I'm going, you know, for the last couple of years, the Raiders split with the Chargers. They do. And the Raiders have beat the Chargers in some big games here. As of today, the Charger roster is better than the Raiders. It's better. And you got a better roster overall, but those guys are always hurt. They're always hurt. Derwin James is hurt. Mike Williams is hurt. Keenan Allen's hurt. Someone's always hurt. The Chargers are going to be a tough out this year, tougher than they've been in the rivalry with the Raiders since Las Vegas. The New York Jets have Aaron Rodgers. That could be a 10 or 11 win team. We play them here. Got to win that game here in Vegas because it's going to decide between the Raiders and the Jets who's going to be a wild card team. If you believe the Raiders have a chance to be a wild card team, you better hope they beat Pittsburgh at home and the Jets at home because both those teams think they're going to beat the Raiders in Vegas and they're wild card contenders. The Ravens are another team that I should probably put in my Super Bowl conversation. And that's it. Other than that, nothing with the Colts, the Texans, the Broncos, the Titans. Oh, the Jaguars. Let's not forget them. Jaguars won a playoff game last year, and they're probably going to win that division in the AFC South. But I don't think the Jaguars are still great. They're good. They won their last three games last year. They had a plus 36 differential, and they got one of the best offenses, very similar offense to the Raiders. They're loaded on offense in Jacksonville, and I think the Raiders are kind of loaded on offense here. But the Super Bowl pick will come the week of week one, probably on Wednesday or Thursday, and get over it if you don't like my pick. I'm no Hugh Houdini here. I'm not saying I'm going to guess the right ones, but I've been okay over the years of doing this. If I had to pick it today, I'd do Dallas-Cincinnati, or I'd go Niners or Eagles and Chiefs again. But I think the Chiefs are coming back to the pack a little bit. I just don't know any responsible human being or sports talk host who doesn't have Kansas City as the favorite to get back to the AFC Championship game. And if they get there and the game's played in Arrowhead, good luck winning that game, no matter who you are. So Super Bowl pick in about a week. Give me a, give me a couple of uh, more days to dig into some of the numbers there. 702-365-9200. Last call to welcome Josh Jacobs back. I thought more of you guys would have wanted to do that today. I guess wrong. Josh Jacobs is back. Uh, we're going to talk about him. 
and how important this signing is and how Dave Ziegler got it done. Appreciate that. Grimaldi's, hands down my favorite pizza. What did he say? I'm honest. I'm always, it's the best pizza I've ever had. Pound for pound from Grimaldi's in Brooklyn, New York to right here in Vegas at Boca Park. Never lets me down. Grimaldi's, the locations in the Vegas Valley and the home of the $50 gift card. Like I said, he he learns every time out. You know, it's, it's only his third opportunity in the National Football League, and um, you know, so how, what he's played six quarters or whatever it's been, or seven quarters in in a few games here. So, um, you know, I thought he made some nice plays, some nice throws. Um, you know, kind of handled some things at the line of scrimmage, and um, you know, a handful of things we're going to need to fix and correct too. So. Um, uh, like I said, typical uh, of all those young guys that get out there, they either do it right or we're going to learn from it. So, it's in my opinion, it's kind of all positive in that regard. Yeah, I thought Aiden O'Connell had a nice preseason. He did. He made some excellent throws. Not everything was perfect. Protection, trying to figure out what to do with the line of scrimmage. Coaches know more than that about that than we do. But Aiden O'Connell overall, I think Raider fans are really happy he was drafted. Would you all agree getting him in the fourth round was a good pick? On that day in the fourth round, I was over at the Raiders draft party. I was hoping for a linebacker or a cornerback. The smarter guys than me took a quarterback. I think it was a good pick. Aiden O'Connell, no doubt about it, is a fourth-round quarterback with upside. Maybe should have been taken in the third round by other teams. Many are speaking highly of him. That's a good issue for the Raiders. Nice job with that pick, and he might have to play. I hope he doesn't. hope he doesn't have to play a snap because the Raiders are healthy with Jimmy Garoppolo. Hope that's the case. Uh, next 24 hours are going to be pretty fast and furious here around this building because of what's going on with this 53-man roster as we continue on. Order like a champ with Raisin Cane's mobile app or online at RaisinCanes.com, and you'll be able to feed the whole team this football season when hand-battered, cooked-to-order chicken fingers, crispy, crinkle-cut fries, fresh coleslaw, buttery Texas toast, and their secret cane sauce, plus a delicious iced tea or the fresh-squeezed lemonade. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers, official chicken fingers of the UNLV Rebels. Go Rebels! Stoner Dude, good to hear from you, my friend. How you been? Man, I've been great, man. Just trying to keep cool this summer. Yeah. You know, you, you're talking about Josh Jacobs, and I'm surprised a lot of uh, fans haven't been calling in on this, JT. But, man, I am so stoked that it's done. The deal is done. He's in the house. He's on the practice field. He's ready to play. I'm not even concerned about uh, how much time he played in preseason. or nothing. Remember, he played last year mm. in preseason just to keep proving himself like he always does. But, you know, JT, I love that kid when he first came here. I love the fact that we drafted him. I had a good feeling about him. And all he's done is improve, produce, and now he's just proven. He's the top back in the league. And when's the last time we've had that with the Raiders? And I like the one-two punch, JT. You know, I think of Josh, uh, Josh Jacobs. You know, we always talk about running backs we, he reminds us of and things like that. He reminds me a little bit of Emmett Smith, man. He's just mm-hmm. got the same build. He knows how to follow his blockers. He finds the hole, and he's got moves, JT. And, of course, when he hits the open field, he's gone. And I like our, our, our boy Zeus, you know, the mm-hmm. new running back. I like him, but he's a little more of a Frank Gore guy. He hits the hole hard. He's a downhill guy, and, he, and he's very physical. But I like both of them on the field. So, 
Welcome back, Josh Jacobs. We're going to have a good season this year. Go Raiders. That's uh, Stoner Dude checking in. When it comes to Zamir White, Zeus, I didn't see a lot from him in the preseason that blew me away, but most of that could have been done at practice and in the joint workouts where he's a tough guy. Going to get you tough yardage. He comes out of Georgia. Josh Jacobs came out of Alabama. You got an Alabama running back and a Georgia running back, both young for the Raiders. Come on. I mean, come on, everybody. What do you want? You got a Georgia running back in Zeus and an Alabama stud in Josh who led the league in rushing. That's good framework for a running attack. Now we got to see Dylan Parham, who got nicked up in a game. Andre James, who I saw in the hotel, looks like he just looks like he's bigger and stronger. He, he's a hell of a player now. Andre James was wondering about him at the center position. Could they find someone better, move on from him? He solidified that position, and he could move around there also. Brandon Parker being gone. Thayer Mumford at right tackle or Jermaine Illuminor. I'm not thrilled at those guys at right tackle. I'm not, I've seen some of the greatest right tackles to ever play. Those guys are not, but they're good. They could be fine. And Colt Miller, this has got to be the first of his Pro Bowls this year. He's got to be a Pro Bowl left tackle, and he is. I think he is a Pro Bowler if he stays healthy. The league kind of doesn't look at him. He's a humble, quiet guy. When you look at the great left tackles in this league, I think he's on the short list. I think he's in the top five at the position, so I I hope he has an opportunity to get to the Pro Bowl this year. Uh, More from Josh McDaniels on Josh Jacobs being in the building. He knew this wasn't going to be a problem, but for the head coach, you got to have the running back ready to go. And he gets him in the building here in more than enough time to get him ready for Denver. Uh, some this morning. And, uh, you know, he's excited to be here and we're excited to see him. So uh, it was all positive. Um, you know, looking forward to, um, you know, working this week and kind of taking stock of, of where things are at and just kind of moving forward, um, you know, with a full group. Yeah, full group. That full group now, we have one of the 53 being Josh Jacobs. Very important player. What about Tyree Wilson, getting him on the field in a preseason game? I think that was a goal of Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. You know, I thought he played hard. I thought he got he, – he saw a few different looks, which was good. He had to play a couple of different things schematically. Um, we got to play him on both sides of the ball, which was a good thing. Uh, also got some exposure there. Um, you know, and he's going to learn from some of the things that he saw. You know what I mean? It's one thing to get close. Uh, the NFL is really not a league of close. Um, so, you know, he'll he'll learn to finish that, um, which is what he did in college. And, um, you know, but this it's some good things to learn from today for sure. Yeah, I think that was good. The, the Brian Baldinger put out, he balled these breakdowns, put a breakdown out of Tyree Wilson in the bull rush that looked pretty good. Now, what's going to be the plan for Josh Jacobs here going forward now with Denver looming? Here's what Josh McDaniel said to the media on Sunday about his schedule. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, I didn't see him in like shorts and a t-shirt or a uniform or anything like that. So um, he, he looked great, you know what I mean? So uh, like I said, we'll, we'll kind of see uh, where all that's at and just right, make the smart decisions going forward. Um, we got a long season ahead of us, um, but he's the kind of guy that, um, he works extremely hard all the time, uh, you know, to put himself in a great position to to help our team. And so uh, we'll be eager to see that. But again, we're not going to do anything unnecessary. Um, you know, if, if it's not quite ready to do a 60 play load, then, you know, we'll make the smart decisions. But um, if I know him, he'll he'll want to be ready to roll. And uh, the plan will be to go forward as 
as as as his body and 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 the feedback we're getting from the medical people and uh, strength and conditioning staff as they see fit. So um, just excited to see him. Uh, he looked great. He had a big smile on his face. Nicely said. He did look great. Raiders put out a lot of social media when Josh Jacobs walked in the building. Check it all out at Raiders.com or the Raiders social media platforms. It's all right there. Robert in Portland. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, Robert. What's happening? Yeah, JT. I, I just, I think Rob Leonard could be the key this year, you know, and, and not reinventing the defense, but just solidifying it mm-hmm. where it counts up front. And I like how Kuntz has progressed. What's your gut feeling about uh, just as how much Kuntz is going to play? I, I like Kuntz because he can do something that I love in football. One of my passions is coming off the edge. I like a guy who can go sideline to sideline. So Kuntz, depending on what his role is going to be, he could be on the far left side and there could be a pitch out play to the opposite side to him, to the right, and he could track down I think the runner with his speed, he's a sideline to sideline body, but he's going to get paid to get on the field and be a specialist when Max needs a spell or Chandler Jones comes out or Tyree Wilson or what he's going to do in a different package that Patrick Graham dials up where you could have three defensive ends on the field at the same time and Coots being one of them. I like him. I like his body type. I like his athletic ability, his bend, the way he can twerk and get to the football, but... He's going to have to prove it, man. He's going to have to have many more impactful plays than he's had so far as a member of the Raiders. I just like his he, – he's got a good mind out there. I mean, yeah. the guy is – now, I'm not saying that Spillane hasn't really you know, spiked that defense. He, he really is impressive. But I just think for over-the-top improvement, I think Kuntz, not Diablo, not that Diablo isn't a favorite of mine. I just think Kuntz – could be big this year. And, I hope so. You know, that'll create turnovers. Look, thank you for the call, Robert. More of them, please, because a guy like Kuntz is going to be very much like Divine Diablo, Spillane, whoever the extra linebacker is, Masterson. Got to get on the field and be productive and making plays, not just show up to the pile. After the pile, stop the runner, and you come running in and get your hands on the pile here. Start the pile. Blow the ball out. Punch the ball out. Do something. And I think Kuntz... Masterson, Diablo, Spillane, Tyree Wilson, Max Crosby. Where's Chandler Jones? What's my level of concern on Chandler Jones? It's more than a one or two. It's more than a one or two. He didn't play well last year until the second half of the year near the end when his legs activated. He's missed a lot of time recently as they try to get him right, but I don't know what that means. Need Chandler Jones. The guy had a borderline, borderline Hall of Fame career. Hall of Fame. If he wants to get into the Hall of Fame, maybe he has enough already. I don't know. I got to look into the numbers more. He needs another big year, and this has got to be the year. This is the last call for Chandler Jones. We need him to play big. Thanks to Bobby, Mark Anderson, Harry Ruiz, all of our proud partners, including one of the biggest deals we ever put together with the tequila brand. A tequila brand debuts this week. Can't wait to tell you about that. As we put it all in to play for another year coming up on the show. Appreciate you listening. Q Myers on deck. He has a big show every day. We'll see you back here tomorrow, everyone. Thank you.